What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. I'm Ryan Kramer, your host of this show, Crossover Commerce. Welcome to episode 92 of Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments. In today's episode, we have titled it Selling on Walmart, Instacart, and Target and the different kind of tactics you need to do to stand on this platform. Super exciting. We were taking a little bit of departure from Amazon, uh, just focused on Amazon because there's so many other marketplaces out there that you need to be successful or you can be successful, I should say, not need, can be successful in the world of e-business. So that's why I brought my guest in today. Um, But before we get going, I wanted to go ahead and say welcome to everyone who is watching us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Uh, Can't forget about the Twitter peeps. Uh, But also, if you're listening to this via download on Audiophile, um, you can find us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, or anywhere where there is a podcast that exists. That's my goal is to make sure that this information gets out to all the people in the world to help them. Uh, level up their business and help them grow their business and get at least 1% uh, better. That's kind of always my mantra, right? Is if I can get 1% better every single day, I think I've had a successful day and that starts to build in itself. That makes me better. That makes you better. So uh, go ahead and thanks for joining us on that journey to get there. But episode 92, uh, because this is a live episode on social media, this is an interactive way that you can ask your questions. So if you have a question about um, ads on Walmart or Instacart or what is Instacart or Target. We'll kind of touch on all the high level information over the course of this next hour or so in order to give you the best insights um, and tips and tricks to get going and building a brand on those platforms. So if you, if you, because this is live, you can comment on your uh, comment on the section below on either Facebook again, or YouTube and LinkedIn, we will see all those and make sure that we answer those questions here live. If you're watching this later and you didn't catch us live, you can still put in the questions and I'll make sure that our guest gets tagged in it and we'll be able to answer those questions later on down the road as well. So don't feel uh, feel free to submit your questions or even just to say hi. We always like to see where people are listening from or uh, just what kind of what their thoughts are on the topic at hand. But about our guest today, uh, she has been working uh, in the shopper marketing uh programmatic digital landscape for over 10 years and started her digital career at AOL. Uh, prior to that, she sold TV advertising as a national and local sales rep. And it's funny how th- she says it's funny how TV and now digital OTT and CTV, uh, everything comes full circle. So I agree with uh, that, that sentiment as well. Uh, she is currently the sales director at a company called PacView, the number one ranked PPC bid management tool for Amazon. And they uh, brought those same capabilities and features to make them also a number one uh, bid management tool on Walmart, Instacart, and Target, which is why I brought her on today because I think she has such valuable insight in helping people, especially in the ad world. We've had people, uh, we talked about even yesterday, DSP and how that's super exciting um, in terms of off Amazon, on Amazon, and directing traffic to wherever you want to make those point of purchase. But that being said, we want to make sure that we get all those other marketplaces in our fold to make sure that we are getting the best insights into as possible. So we're going to be talking about that today as well. And they also do Amazon DSP and self-serve capability. But welcome to the show, Debbie Levin of PackView. Debbie, uh, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you? Thanks, Ryan. So excited to be here today. Yeah, Thanks I know. Thanks uh, me. Of course. Yeah, I kind of reached out to you on a one because I have been following you and we kind of like reached out, right, initially like, hey, that's good stuff. You... Uh, you're new to PackView, but you have such a cool background and like different, unique background than, you know, your journey to most people getting on e-commerce. So can you go more in depth of like how you got to like what your specialty is as, as a professional, but then how you got to PackView? Is that, is that something you could share for us? Yeah. I mean, it's been a really fun journey um, starting in broadcast before, you know, digital was even a thing. And getting to work at AOL when they had, you know, the uh, disc. So that was fun. Um, But I keep trying to move along with digital as it grows. And, you know, that became RTV, real-time bidding and programmatic. And then I was in uh, the shopper marketing and then COVID happened. And I was like, okay, I need to kind of get into the e-com space because everybody's shopping online. And um, I had a really good friend who uh, was aware of PacView and, um, 
kind of got me connected with them. And it was just a great, you know, way to be in the digital space and be in the lower part of the funnel because it's all PPC and search and, you know, great audience data they're collecting, obviously, is Amazon. So kind of made my way in here. And I've just been learning all about bid management and search and <laughs> econ right. and all, the, whole, the whole ball. Yeah. But yeah, but you're also bringing a cool, unique perspective to the space as well, to how that all ties together, which is really cool and unique. And that's why I thought it was fascinating to bring you on uh, okay. because we're, yeah. all, we're all learning it. It's all, it's always changing. So mm-hmm. if you're, since you're a little bit newer to the e-com space, I'll, like I always tell people it's always changing. Nothing stays yeah. stagnant for too long. So yeah. we're all learning together constantly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I just, just shouting out to people uh, listening all the way from Nigeria. That's awesome. So uh, wow. thank you for, uh, we're, so we're reaching globally uh, here on Crossover Commerce. That's awesome. So a little bit about what I wanted to talk about today. You guys kind of touched on a little bit of everything in terms of bid management over at PackView. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically today, I think it's fascinating to kind of go into each market of Walmart specifically, because as an Amazon seller, everyone knows hey, that's an opportunity that could be really big for you to sell online as well as in retail. But then also selling with Instacart, which not a lot of people talk about, and then uh, Target as well. So can we break down maybe just an overview of what each one is and how that's super specific and different in each light? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, you know, the Amazon DSP piece is also interesting. If we all want to get to that, we now have our self-serve platform. And, you know, Amazon, of course, can do endemic and non-endemic. So for non-endemic, it's a great way to uncover audiences based on what they're buying and shopping for on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Walmart, you know, now used to be Walmart.com and Walmart pickup and delivery. And now they've merged the platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's provided a great way for clients to really reach that Walmart audience fully. Um, so Walmart's a great place to be. They um, are doing phenomenal during COVID. And I think a lot of those habits are going to continue. So um, if you have products that people can buy on walmart.com or pick up in delivery, it's a great place and environment to be. They have a great API and we can bring in a lot of really uh, unique data that they share. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Instacart, what's really interesting um, is now they've included like Best Buy and you've got Vitamin Shop and you've mm-hmm. got Total Wine. So Instacart's not just grocery anymore. Um, so now you have to think about people who want to have stuff bought from Best Buy and delivered to their home. Like that's a great way to have a TV, you know, 65 inch TV delivered. Um, so Instacart continues to grow in their retail partnerships. So that allows, you know, advertisers now of all different types to be a part of that platform. And they're continuing to grow their context. I think maybe even Office Depot is coming on. So it just continues to grow. Um, and then Target is part of Critio. And Critio has been working with a lot of different retailers. So they just brought on Target and Shipped. And um, Macy's is now live. So like that's a whole different, you know, retailer genre. Um, And they're looking at, you know, we know on the roadmap is like Lowe's and just other great retail partners. So, um, you know, right at this point, anybody in any place that wants to use digital can really now access, you know, consumers in a great way. Right. And each of those platforms serves such a different audience. Right. And we can even get a little bit more in. In, in, ingrained i think a lot of i think it's a little bit easier even most recently we can talk about like wealth walmart if we we start there walmart just opened up their seller access so that you didn't have to just be united states based you can be international based so that that's a great opportunity for you know china or chinese yeah. sellers or sellers from around the world to sell on their platform so that being said and people are you, you might see this big initial wave i'm not sure if you are already if you see this initial wave of people trying to sell on Walmart, is that something you guys are seeing the data from and more people are trying to now hop in and uh, sell on on walmart.com in that regard? Yeah, I mean, they're just opening it up to sellers everywhere. And um, it's opened up a lot of inventory, having both platforms combined now and a lot more placements. Um, and so Walmart's coming out with more placements, which allow brands to really engage with consumers in different ways across the platforms, for sure. Amazing. Yep. So when you talk about yep. Walmart placement, how is that different? Because we 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 go into depth a lot about Amazon ad placements. Yep. What's different about Walmart versus uh, 
what, uh, versus like an Amazon, because there's a distinct bidding difference. How can you educate or what, what tips can you tell us and what's different from Walmart versus Amazon? Yeah, so there's a big difference. <laughs> um, Walmart has featured product just like Amazon. Um, and they are going to be opening up um, a brand unit, kind of like sponsored brands on Amazon. So that's coming. Um, but the biggest difference between Walmart and Amazon is it's a first price auction. So what you bid is what you pay, right? It's not defaulting to the next highest bid with one cent. So that's the biggest difference on Walmart. Um, and Walmart has some other interesting um, qualifications to um, garner your your placements. Um, you have to have a certain organic uh, ranking or in page views in order for them to promote your product. So there is um, a process that if you're brand new to Walmart, you're going to need to go through to start to gain views on your products so that you can get your uh, featured products add to be more promoted on the website. So what's an example? Like if I'm bidding, if I have a competitor that's selling on Walmart and I'm bidding a dollar and they're bidding a dollar 10 or something like that, will they be, or they're bidding $10? Let's say it's something crazy. Like I'm bidding $1 <laughs> and they're bidding $10 yeah. for that yeah. ad. Will they get You're charged $10, get $10 or they're, they're going to get charged $10, which yeah. is different from Amazon, correct? Yeah. It would be a dollar one on Amazon. Right. Right. So, right. So that yeah. th this to me, this is to me is very specific. So let, let's uh, make sure we look in the camera and tell everyone this or uh, speaking to our microphones, everyone, if you're on Amazon or if you're on Walmart and you're bidding on ads, you yourself, or if you're with a company, do not, over, you have to be careful of your bid strategy. <laughs> because this is, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. and I was going to say, if you could tell us maybe a little more example, like maybe just confusion of why people think that if they don't monitor their ad spend, they're going to get, hit hard quick and they're going to spend when they don't need to that well, is going to affect their ROAS and their you know because they're not going to yeah it, it affects everything so you need to just be really careful point you know 0. 0.50 5.0 makes a big difference right so if you're bidding a dollar instead of a dollar one and that dollar one cent is going to win and some people like to just throw up big numbers like in the supplement space or anything like that just spend really high money just to win the bid uh for the ad Right. It, it's it's whoever it's whoever has the highest amount and that's what they're taking and then right as many clicks as happens it's all based on clicks per, uh correct it's not per impressions right right no they're ppc based too correct okay so yeah, yeah if you're bidding ten dollars accidentally instead of a dollar you're gonna yeah. get that that placement yeah. but for ten dollars um yeah. that that's that's super is that is that the right way to do it is that is that something that you think will change in the future i think that's really confusing if you're new to the platform and you really don't know what's working, what's bidding, like what's bidding correctly or what's optimal. Like, is there a way to know that? Yeah, no, I mean, we don't know if they're going to change it. Um, but that's why, you know, they do have like bid modifiers. So you can increase your bids in like percentages as opposed to like wholesale big, you know, 10, 25, 50 cent increments. Um, so, you know, you just really want to be careful on Walmart. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, for people who are just joining the show as well, uh, it came in actually from LinkedIn. Yes, it is possible to ask a question, and we will be able to uh, we will be able to see that, Abney. So, uh, Abe, sorry, excuse me uh, if that's not correct. Uh, go ahead and ask your question. We'll be able to see it, and we'll throw it up in here and make sure that we kind of bring any sort of clarification. That's the beauty of the show. It's a live interactive show if there is something specific about each of these platforms. But my job is to kind of facilitate and walk you through uh, that as well. So Walmart – Whatever you're when bid, they also have changed their attribution window, which is great. So what does that what does that mean for people? Uh, can you clarify that? Yeah, so that means uh, when a user clicks on an ad, they'll track it for up to 14 days. So if it's been purchased, so okay. you will get click through attribution. Um, they used to do view through attribution. So if an ad was even viewed and like they bought, so now it's all click through and view through attribution. Um, but you don't get credit for a view that that's that was kind of confusing. So, but now they're all aligned with Amazon on a 14 day attribution window, which and is that's similar to Amazon, just to, yeah. to kind of like align it with people if they're new. Yeah. To okay. So similar in that context. Yeah. Easier, yeah. Do you think it's easier to run your bid management through Walmart? Is it still clunky? Is it like new and fresh and still changing? What, what's kind of the comparisons between the two? Is it easier to see the data or not as easy? What's your thoughts on that? 
No, I mean, you can see it. I, I'm not as familiar, to be honest, with their platform, um, you know, because we work through PacView's platform. But, um, I mean, all the data comes through. And, uh, I don't know that, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Like you're looking at from a one perspective instead of like right. in, the, in the weeds of it all. Very right. cool. So as a, as an agency, what are you, how, how are you helping people navigate the Walmart waters, if you will? What What's kind of the value add there? Yeah. So what, you know, what you really want to be able to do, I mean, what PacView can help do or, you know, other softwares obviously is help set up like uh, bidding rules um, so that, you know, you 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 give the software permission to bid more if you you know if the ACOS is in a range that you're okay with um, you know decrease the bid if we start seeing ACOS get too high um, you can set up rules to harvest new keywords and then if a key rule you know keyword is in the auto campaign it can be moved to a manual campaign um, you know Walmart auto campaigns do much better than on Amazon you know as a compared and we tell everybody to run auto campaigns. Um, and then you kind of can take those learnings and build out manual. But on Walmart, auto campaigns also get a lot more placement on the website in different places than a manual campaign. So we definitely recommend auto for Walmart. But, you know, there's just lots of tools you can use to really set up, you know, like guardrails and requirements around the bidding to help really make sure you're staying within your objectives and your KPI goals and metrics. So um, using the data that we, you know, have coming in to try to really uh, understand what's happening, get visibility into, you know, how keywords are performing and, you know, really try to manage them and drive more traffic and sales at the end of the Absolutely. day. How, yeah. Compared, comparatively, how are, how is Walmart doing for your clients if they're selling on both Walmart and Amazon? Is there, is there data you can compare, you can share with us? I mean, I would just say from a spend perspective, Amazon's still way more. There's just still you're talking, more you're talking about me as a seller that is, I'm going to spend more money to get more sales. Yeah. I mean, I think people still go into Amazon like a search engine <laughs> and you end up in Amazon way more just by default. I think Walmart, you know, it's definitely a different mindset. You're going into walmart.com to shop versus Amazon. So we see a lot more scale on Amazon. I think that there's just a lot more people on it. So I do think that at the end of the day, people are still spending a lot more on Amazon than they are on Walmart. Is there is there a demographic that you see that's shopping more on Walmart versus on Amazon with your clients? Like comparative, like more successes, you know, for example, like if I have a different category that's on both platforms, one is shopping is like moms in the age range of 35 to 55 on Amazon, but on Walmart, it's, it's a different metric. Or are you seeing it's pretty consistent across the board? One, one platform as the other, do you hit different demographics depending on the platform? I would say that for Walmart, if I um, am working with clients that have a really higher price point item, I would just say, I don't know that Walmart's they're really their customer, Walmart customer. So, okay. I mean, we do know people that shop on Walmart are much more price conscious. Okay. So um, people run on both. I don't know that it's really limited to like a category or an age group, but I would say it's more on the product itself. And if it lends itself to the Walmart audience more than it, it, that more than anything. So if I'm a seller, what is my price? What's the sweet spot I'm looking for? Like, is it $35 an item or what's kind of the like natural sweet spot do you think that you're, you as a company are seeing? Well, I don't know if it's a sweet spot in price, but compared to your competitors, right? Like if you're coming uh, in with gotcha. a, okay. like a leather purse and yours is like 80, but they can get it for 25. Like it's <laughs> even if you probably priced it at 50, right? An Amazon shopper is going to buy the $25. Parts. You're talking. You're talking about the race to almost the race to the bottom, right? People are naturally more inclined in Walmart to what? What's the cheapest option instead of yeah. like maybe reviews, rankings, things like that? Is that yeah. kind of where you're yeah. coming from? Interesting. Yeah, and I think bulk. You know what I mean? I think people think of Amazon for bulk. So if you're, you know, if you might like be a pest control and you sell, you know, bulk, you know, size. I think um, like you, you would at a club, right? So I think that's great for Walmart too, like big, you know when people are shopping for quantity. Yeah. Like 50 rolls of toilet, like a year ago, we're, right. we're shopping for like 50 to hundred rolls of pallets of toilet paper. And when you yeah. do the math, you're like, right. I don't need that much toilet paper. Like, 
Like I, that, that was funny. I, I happened to, so I bring that up because it was like a year ago today, like the big <laughs> toilet paper shortage of like 2020 happened or something crazy like that. And I, I just laughed to myself. I was like, were you a part, they asked, were you a part of that like era? And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that, makes, that makes me laugh. But uh, interesting. So yeah, Walmart. So Walmart as a property, does it just extend to just Walmart or is it also Sam's Club or like, does it bring in inventory from there or is it just on Walmart? It's just Walmart. Yeah. If you want Sam's Club or Costco, that's Instacart. I believe they're okay. on Instacart. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. well, well, before we hop on to, we actually did have that question, uh, from a, Hey, a Bay, I'm going to say a Bay. Um, thank you. Uh, no problem. Bay. so his question is actually, um, how can I learn the sales and marketing aspect in actual an uh, actuality? I've known ping pong for oh the last two years. So this is more ping pong. So I'll I'll make sure I get to that. But uh, if you have a question about like Instacart, Walmart, Target, I'm more than happy to kind of wrap that up. But in terms of that, uh, we'll we'll stick to this category. That's my fault for not reading the question before. And so sorry about that, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> it was a long one, so I was like, this looks good. Uh, but but anyway, so yeah, if you have a question about ping pong in general, I'm more than happy. We'll make sure we got all of our contact information. You can reach us out directly. We'll be more than happy to answer those questions if we don't get them to today. But if you have one about Walmart, Instacart, or Target, let, let's uh, keep it to there uh, for sure as well. So that natural progression you talked about is Instacart. Instacart is maybe something that not a lot of people talk about. And to be honest, I actually saw a couple times on LinkedIn that Instacart might be the biggest disrupt disruptor in the e-business space in general. And I say e-business because anyone can fulfill online through Instacart or something of the sorts instead of, and this is the example they give. I'm a consumer and of course I can shop on Amazon and get a good price point, but get it in two days. Amazon's mm -hmm. uh, prime shipping would be a two day shipping generally. And I'll say sure. generally because there's outlying sure. factors. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I'm an Instacart, I need something for a birthday party today or an event today. Instacart mm -hmm. can maybe give it to me in by end of day or even in a matter of hours. And that's, that's the biggest disruptor of of everything in, in this regard yeah. that they are facilitating hour long transactions and deliveries instead of a few days, which is neither is yeah. not bad. But that's why they said Instacart can be the biggest mm -hmm. disruptor in that regards. So yeah. the concept of Instacart, who's that going to help out and why is it going to help them be successful in e-business? Well, it's really helpful for people that have product in stores on the shelves and they're really trying to drive a, like a brick and mortar type sale, right? Because it's not being shipped from anywhere. To your point, a shopper is walking into the store, shopping it and putting it in their car and bringing it to you. So um, it's great. It's a great place to be if you are really trying to demonstrate, you know, uh, retail brick and mortar sales, because, you know, brands are always trying to um, show that power of their brand. Um, so it's a great place to be for sure. And I, I mean, I used Instacart all during COVID and I had never used it before. I think I was really nervous about them picking out my produce and my mm -hmm. Need. I just, I, I wasn't sure. I just, I didn't, I didn't trust it. And I loved it. And it saved me what an hour, an hour and a half of my day. So like, I'm going to stay with it. I definitely will continue to use it. You yeah. Know, just, in, but, in Instacart, if I remember correctly, and I always confuse like a couple of the different platforms, Instacart sends you yeah. text pictures and will like update you as you continue on, right? Like as the shopping continues, they will say like, hey, this is the product that we have. Is this the one you're looking for? I have these options available if they need to. And it's almost like a dialogue that you're having or like a, a virtual, uh, virtual stand-in, yeah. basically. A virtual stand-in, if you will. Yeah, like you watch around. them. You can see like how many items they've shopped. And then they'll put on there like, is this okay as a substitute? And, you know, if you ask for grapes and you said like four pounds, you know, it'll adjust the price. Like. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty amazing, and uh, they they handle all of it, and um, yeah. So I was gonna say, so as a so as someone who wants to get integrated with Instacart, if that's more like retail stores, retail focused, if I'm a business and I'm really trying to trying to grow my business online, how do you get how do you get notified, or how do you tell people like, hey, you can buy our products online now, like through Instacart, like what what is that process like is if I if I'm just a retail store, like a mom and pop store or like you say retail store, is that like as small business owner? 
have like my goods in store, but I can now deliver through Instacart. So I think that's more of a shift. Okay, we we'll keep that. Yeah, separate. because shift is separate, but you know, Instacart, I think has contracts with like big brands. Like, I don't know about like a single retailer. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean, I was talking about it recently, um, you know, with a client about, you know, like they wanted to be able to take their digital ad and land it people at Instacart, right. And put the item in their cart. Well, you can't really do that with Instacart because the experience is so different, right? Like when you open up your Instacart app, you put in your current zip code and it'll tell you what stores you can order from. And then you go into that store. So the experience for a consumer is not great if you're trying to digitally bring them to Instacart to put it in their cart. So that'll be interesting to see how they ultimately solve that because all advertisers want to be able to get that item right from the ad exposure, click to cart. Um, but yeah, so it's a, that's a different and interesting thing for like a local person. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's more shipped, but I, I don't know. That's fine. Yeah, so Instacart be more... What, who, who's benefiting from this the most? What category? Uh, if you can oh, help grocery us. and retail for sure. Okay. So if I'm selling, so if I'm in the grocery sector or if I, if I'm making like raised babies, baby barbecue sauce or something like yeah. that, baby raised barbecue sauce. And I really want to feature that. I'm trying to drive like people get it into your home if, uh, for barbecues or anything like that. You can get as a brand, you can start pointing people to say like, Hey, get it from your local store they're advertising on Instacart. Is that, is that how that process works? It's more one PE to advertise on Instacart. So it's more about, it's more for us, it's more search. So when you go into Instacart and you type in barbecue sauce, okay. then all the different barbecue sauces you can buy start to come up. Right. And so Ray's would want to pay to have Ray's come up to the top. Gotcha. And then you would be able to select which one you want and you just click on it quantity and it goes into your cart. So what's the ad look like? Like uh, for someone who's not experienced in this, yeah. is it a, is it a big driver of conversion? Is it is it really helping bring awareness to smaller it's, brands or? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you need that consideration right at the top of the page. So if you have a paid ad, if someone puts in barbecue sauce, you definitely want your product to come up to the top because then you have the most likelihood of it being purchased in consideration. Otherwise it could be like you could scroll all the way down to see that item come up. So yeah, being paid search on Instacart, it's a huge thing to get your, so I, your feature. Yeah. So in your, in Instacart, you have to go into these retail stores, right? It has to actually first, first segment has to be in retail stores. So if yeah. I'm a, if I'm a third party seller and I know, for example, I have inventory in, Oh, not just Walmart, but like in other brick and mortar stores like Home Depot, Lowe's, like you said, what, whoever's onboarding through there, I can yeah. start advertising on those platforms directly or through PackView, yeah. of course. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> or, yeah. uh, and then start to feature when they're doing actual search function um, on the, in, their, in their search bar, right? So yeah. with Instacart, are you getting the same insights that you would with like a Walmart or Amazon of so many people search for this term? You can target specific terms so that your your ad appears at the top. What what's kind of like the breakdown of the ad platform on Instacart? Yeah, I mean, it, you set up like to be targeting by category. You can set up your keywords for your product. Um, you know, even align it with other things. Like if I don't know, you sell graham crackers and people buy marshmallows. You know, like you could target marshmallows, right? Maybe someone's buying s'mores or so frequently you know, bought with almost like yes. on Amazon. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. You would just come, yeah, it's totally search driven. Mm -hmm. What's a successful, maybe example that you, you've you seen drive great results on Instacart, whether it's your client or you've seen other people do it um, on the platform? I mean, we just see great conversion rates on Instacart, you know, from a click to a cart perspective. It's, it's fabulous because those people are in the funnel like they are <laughs> that is the bottom they are if i'm searching barbecue sauce like i'm buying barbecue sauce it's just a question of which one so um we see great conversion rates for instacart like they are great it's so online so not brand loyalty it's just like exposure it's yeah. like not so it's not even price point you would say either correct correct price can matter okay so unlike so I, i'm going to paint a picture for our listeners so if i'm on walmart customer profile, race to the bottom, get the cheapest products and maybe more, you know, in bulk, things like that. So yeah. customer customer mindset of if I want to be on Walmart, 
that's mm-hmm. probably the the audience I'm going for in theory, right. most generally. On Instacart, it's more brand awareness and exposure. Price point doesn't matter, and conversions are significantly higher. Are we are we talking like ten percent more or like twenty? What, what's kind of a conversion rate that you guys are generally? Oh. Um, it's high. Uh, I don't know. I have to think about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's high because it's more, I feel like it's more targeted, you know, like if I'm buying barbecue sauce, uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm definitely, there's not as many things, but you know, you could be looking for a sugar content or, uh, you know, whatever. Right. So you'll scroll through some of them, look at the nutritional, but you're buying, I don't, you know, on Walmart, it's just a little different. Um, it's probably more price point, but mm-hmm. I think on Instacart, it's probably more about the product. Fantastic. I mean, th- those yeah. are good distinguishing factors yeah. that if you're yeah. a business company, you need to know like who you're going to talk with because most right. often than not, I'm assuming you'd be ideal to be everywhere if you're big enough. But if we're starting on either of these three platforms, maybe it's really important to understand like these are the best conversions. These are the best products that are happening and uh, being sold on these platforms and being successful. So more grocery, I would say Instacart, it sounds like, is there other yeah. like categories that you think are necessities that ha- should start on Instacart? Would you say? Uh, I mean, you know, Best Buy is kind of new. I don't know how many people are Some using electronics. it. Yeah. More yeah. Electronics. yeah. I know total wine's big. Like it, that's, we have that grocer in the Southeast. So it's a great way to get alcohol delivered. You need to get your booze and need to get, yeah. Food and yeah. booze like instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so when we have clients or if there's clients that are out there in the food grocery sector, yeah. most often than not, like you said, it's either running to the store or, Hey, I'm just so busy. I need to throw this in the cart, get it on over and it's delivered by an Instacart professional. Correct. Like yeah. that's, the, yeah, the within two hours, right? So it's it's big, it's big, it's instant. Yeah. Is this is this so? Just be clear, because we're an international also business. Like we we saw people listening in from Nigeria, Instacart. Where are they operating from? Just United States markets. Yeah, is right it expanding? Now it's U.S. Yeah. Okay. So if you are so, but this is the fact of this is for sellers. It could be international selling in the United States. though, correct. Correct. They can have okay. product here in the U S yeah. Is there, is there any limitations or restrictions that you think like getting, doing ads on Instacart? Like, is there any like specific re- requirements like spend level, the uh, spend amount or anything like that? I think they're pretty similar to Walmart, like $50 a day minimum. I think that's okay. pretty similar. And you know, Instacart does, it's, it's kind of natural geo-targeting. Because okay, sure. if a store doesn't have your product, sure. they can't advertise it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. if you're only serving 18 locations locally, like you only I, want to make sure that you're serving that ad. And it's not in like, you're only serving in like Montana, but you're in <laughs> Wyoming or something like that, like completely different states or something. I don't know why those two states popped in my head, but they did. Here we are. Um, cool. Fascinating. So Instacart, yeah. I, I, I've used it before. I just wanted to paint a picture for people who... You know, if this is something where you grow internationally, and this is why I always tout this on all these webinars and talks I go on, Debbie, is you don't want to be the one-legged stool, correct? Like, and I think a lot of my friends and colleagues in the space is you don't want to be the one-legged stool. You want to be diversified mm-hmm. if and make sure that you're not relying solely heavily on just Amazon or just Walmart or just on these platforms. Because if something happens, you get hijacked or you have run out of stock mm-hmm. or for some reason your listing just gets shut down, you want to still have that source of income from other multiple other places. We've seen that, like we've seen that from ping pong. We've seen it from uh, just, just people talking in the space of mm-hmm. they can't get shut down for one reason or another, whether your PPC ad, it, your bulk file gets uploaded in is incorrect terms that are being bidded on or your uh, SEO is incorrect and your terms are just, whether it hits like the porn, like I've seen people say like it was flagged for pornography or something like that, or for uh, fertilizer or something crazy. And they like <laughs> shut it down for days and top weeks. And that, that's, uh, a scary, that's a scary problem to have and think about Yeah, uh, if you're just selling on one platform, but uh, yeah, fascinating. True. So we touched on Walmart, we touched on Instacart, fantastic for their own audiences. Yeah. And we go over to Target and Target's kind of this weird like nuance, right? I walk into Target and then I walk out and I've spent $150. Like, I don't know. Always. Always. Like it's a, it's almost a guarantee, like in the retail aspect of whether it's the lighting, the product selection, or just like the nature of being in Target. It never used to be this way, but all of a sudden it became this 
spend palace and no one knew why uh <laughs> so like maybe like what, what's your perception of like target because for for people who don't know target technically is an online marketplace it's not open to everyone though right can you can you maybe provide some background and clarity on that yeah i mean i do, i think you know like with any of the platforms you have to go through the process of mm -hmm. getting your items your SKUs up you know aligned so that target.com can carry it. I don't even necessarily think it has to be in store, um, but it has to be, you know, you have to deal with target and get them to have your products available so that they can advertise them on the website. Well, this is, this is the interesting data point that I heard mm -hmm. is only like 250, maybe even 300 sellers, uh, third party wow. sellers are selling on.com. So with that being said, how does wow. that, how do you as a company work with a, such a small piece of the pie? Is it just, you're not working with a lot of people on target or like what, what's that component like for you as a company? Yeah. I mean, we've just started because our partnership sure. with Critio has just been kind of uh, established. So it's a lot of the bigger brands, no question about it, that fit that bill of the, uh, you know, the larger ones. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple of clients actually who want to get on target and I've had to turn them over to like, okay, well, you got to work with them to get your SKUs uploaded and set up a, a business arrangement because, you know, Target's still going to set up credit with the client and, you know, needs to make sure they can bill them for the media. So that all has to be taken care of before you can really start spending money on Target. So not as a third party seller, but they're talking about like selling actual goods in retail or online under Target's almost yeah. like a, almost a 1P perspective, correct? Like a yeah. sold goods to and then sold by Target, correct? You just, they would just be invoiced like, Target would invoice them for the goods. They would resell them then on their platform. Yeah, because yeah, Target.com is probably a lot easier that, to get on board than an actual in the actual store. Right, but yeah, yeah you're talking. But we're talking. Yeah, for, for our for our sake of this talk, big. Yeah. You're working with brands of. Are you allowed to say like which brands and how they're they're selling and getting going on Target? Because I know uh, on the retail aspect, they're fantastic in terms of what they're doing, continu continuously growing in their e-commerce and their e-business sector is really booming as well. And it really test, it really stood the test of COVID and a couple other things I think I saw recently mm -hmm. in statistics. What's the draw for target.com and like standing out in those platforms? Yeah. You know, I think it goes back to like different customers too, that would shop at Walmart and that shop at target um, and probably your pickup, like what's closer, what's more convenient, you know, that you can also order, from the store and then go get it. Um, so it's just a combination, but I do think Target is newer, obviously, and they're, you know, coming on strong. Everybody loves Target. So it's, it's um, you know, everybody's getting more, you know, the, I guess the adoption rate in general is getting so much better to e-com online shopping that now people are going to Target to buy, whereas before that wasn't really a thing. So they're having, like you said, they're having to really build it out and get it going and get their API all set up so that, you know, the data can come back and forth and, you know, people can use that platform, obviously, to their advantage. But yeah, they're, yeah. they're you know, they're pretty new to the space, but they're going to, I'm sure, <laughs> accelerate pretty quickly. Well, this is the thing, too, is <clears throat> Target Oz Marketplace has been around for a couple of years now. I think I want to say yeah. two. That's a, that's a decent amount of time to be around. But being as gated, unlike Walmart, where they're now ex Walmart's accepting everyone now, which is a is a choice to be had that have significant repercussions, yeah. right? You have yeah. it's no longer vetted by them as an entity. I mean, it would still be, but anyone right. can apply and be accepted on. Target is doing the opposite approach. It's almost like a more protective, like brand identity. We want to make sure it, it comes across as uh, feels look like you're shopping on or in Target. Uh, with that being said. Is there like, are you seeing customers have actually great revenue success on Target versus other channels? Like what, what's kind of that scalability of tar uh, Target numbers, if that makes sense? Like conversion yeah. You know, I don't really have that. It's everybody's really new for us. I mean, it's okay. become a, it's just, it, you know, it, before it was like direct. Um, and now that they're letting us uh, have access to it and, and be able to have people you know, execute PPC. Um, it's, it's pretty new. So 
I don't really have a whole bunch of background to speak from on it yet, Sure, um, but fine. everybody's super excited to get up on it. We know that. <laughs> so what, what's the advertisement look like on a target.com, for example, for a client of yours? Is it, is it a display? Is it a video? What, what are the, the looks and feels of a, a target.com ad, if you will? Yeah, it's uh, very similar to what you see on Amazon, Walmart. It's all that, you know, featured product ad and it's PPC. So you go to Target and you type in, you know, summer float raft or whatever, and you're going to get all those ads to come up and, you know, you want your brand to show up. So top of page, uh, buy yeah, box on the product. side, future yeah. products, things like that. Yeah. Um, what all, all ads direct on .com, correct? It's not off of Target or anything. Right. Correct. Okay. Right. So far, that's just Amazon DSP. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, that yeah. Was the, that's the fascinating topic you can always you can always chime in on. So you guys are yeah. new to DSP, and we can obviously jump in a little bit and get your take mm -hmm. on everything. That This is the new bell of the ball, if you will. And yesterday I talked yeah. with AdVance, um, uh, Joe, uh, uh, Joe over at AdVance, and you know he is the co-founder, and he talks DSP in terms of the functionality of – it's just so fascinating, the data sets and the, the – narrow down nature of how specific incredible. you yeah it's incredible, incredible. in terms of I, yeah what as a company's perspective where are you thinking is where you're going to see more people put more of their money effort inventory you know like what where, where are they going to put most of their eggs in the basket if you will are you guys going to float more dsp do you think it's just going to be everyone equally across the board What's such strategic nature you think you're going to be focused on most or see clients who want to dive into more? I mean, we see clients doing both because we do know that DSP helps drive search, bringing awareness to your product and driving people to your product. And then you can always retarget them with a PPC ad once we know they've been there. Um, but like to your point, I mean, Amazon has such rich audience data like what you've browsed, what you've bought, where you've shipped, like what they know everything. So your audiences that you can build are phenomenal. And then to be able to use that and target people, not only just on websites, but you know, they have the whole OTT piece now and they're aligned with Twitch and, you know, and with cookies crumbling, like their first party data. Oh, is so look, at, look at this. You, you just did a nice little pun there. Cookies crumbling. I like that. <laughs> is that how you guys are selling now? Cookies are crumbling. So DSP is the way to go. Well, I mean, first that's a good, party that's a good sales task back or sales uh, line. I guess. I mean, first party data is just, that's key. Their data is key. I mean, it's amazing. And, well, you know. And it's, the, yeah, this is, the, this is the point that we were talking about um, yesterday. Amazon now went away from allowing in your search term reports or in your, your seller central reports, you no longer get access to address locations or any sort of that information anymore. Like that just went away like a week or two ago. So now creating even lookalike audiences on Amazon doesn't happen with new buyers of your inventory on Amazon because that data no longer exists. You used to be able to just like extract that from the report. At, at uh, hi. <laughs> no problem. So uh, yeah, uh, you were used to be able to, uh, um, you know, just, you know, pull that information away from those reports and build look like audiences on Facebook and serve ads towards, you know, those marketplaces. But in this regards, we are able to, you're able to target just based upon Amazon's profile data that they're building through video, building through uh, all their third-party brands, and even on search history on Amazon.com, which is really fantastic. And the point of purchase does not have to be made on Amazon. It can be made on you know, different websites as well, which is really cool and unique and intriguing. So how are you How are you trying to educate people on that regards? Is it is it just those similar concepts and bullet points, or what other value are you telling your clients, hey, this is uh, you need to early adopt in this because – this is the most narrowed down focus you can target a customer potentially that, that exists out there. Yeah. I mean, I think for any client that's going to be doing any type of programmatic display, like that's their goal, then using Amazon DSP is phenomenal. I mean, you can load up, you know, if you have a CRM database, if you have your own, you know, or you want to import, you know, data from like an Oracle or any kind of a third party you could also do that into the Amazon DSP to help align with, you know, if you brought some audiences from somewhere else, um, 
you know, you can partner with companies that can help you with offline attribution and offline sales, like an IRI, right? So there's, there's just so much you can do with that DSP. And I've also worked at a company that did, um, you know, an identity graph thing and um, Amazon, they call it, you know, uh, either probabilistic or deterministic data. And Amazon is definitely deterministic because you are logging into your devices, multiple devices with your email. So it's not just guessing where you live, like they know where you live and what devices belong to you because you're always logging in on them. So then they get all your behavior from everything you're doing on your device. Right. You're logging in yeah. as either an account or not many people are shopping as guests anymore. Uh, right. To be honest with you, they either have exactly. a prime profile or uh, which we're all opting into anyways by paying for it. Um, similar concept to uh, Walmart now because you're actually certain people are opting into Walmart Plus and things like that. Is, is that something that you think that's why Walmart will get smarter with their data if people are opting into you know, more profiles, more shopping online? We, we talked about a customer profile, what that looks like, but Wow. You know, I go to Walmart because of me specifically. My my shopping experience on Walmart.com is grocery, which is king of lots of things. Like for convenience wise, it was during the pandemic. It was like, oh, who can give me groceries like today or tomorrow or anything like that. Um, so so grocery, but then also like mm -hmm. on special deals, but with goods that are one piece specific. And I say that like uh, a, a Nintendo Switch or anything like that. It was broadcast on all their media platforms saying, hey, get the best deal on the Switch. Can't get it on Amazon. Can't get it, blah, blah, blah. It's all on Walmart. And right. I swear to God, I spent, and this is the power <laughs> of maybe a profile, I spent on Black Friday or that Thursday before a, a solid three hours refreshing my browser just to see if I can add to cart. And I did it in a less than a minute. And it'd always be like, we're out of inventory. And that was frustrating as an experience, but I knew for a fact is price point. And that's what we talked about is lowest price point and value. Yeah. That's where yeah. you can get it. And yeah. it arrived on my doorstep, not packaged, but it was like straight up just in the box. And I thought that was very interesting, unique, how they uh, sent it to you almost like with Instacart. It's not packaged or branded with Instacart. It's all like in a bag or anything like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. So, so now that you've been in it for a little bit, what, what's kind of your takeaway as an expert almost in these fields of where, where does the industry continue to grow and innovate? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just going to continue to grow. Um, yeah, I mean, Amazon DSP, you know, that to me is more like mid funnel and upper funnel when you're looking for branding and awareness and, you know, you all, you are driving traffic, but at the end of the day, it's more of a branding um, middle upper funnel strategy. Uh, PPC is always going to be a driver for the lower funnel and it's great. And it's so accountable. I mean, you know, digital media is just so accountable that um, it's just going to continue to grow. And I think, you know, the more that we can learn about, you know, I feel like where it's going is being able to connect it with in-store purchase now. Like if you look at something on Walmart and then you don't buy it, but you go to Walmart and you buy it, right? Being able to make that connection that the ad you were served, you know, had something to influence your purchase in-store. Now that COVID's finally getting to be a thing in the past, and people are going to start probably shopping, um, so it'll be really interesting to see now how that is put together. I think, uh, I mean, more and more clients need that information They They want that information. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's going to continue to grow and uh, the adoption rate, you know, just accelerated probably four or five years ahead of what it normally would have been, I think due to COVID. And I'm, and I'm pro e-business. I think everyone uh, finding different ways to either target different audiences or even grow their brand um, on an international level or national level yeah. is specifically appropriate to targeting different audiences uh, to make sure that their product gets, brings awareness to those specific audiences on a using data basically for good. Like for example, if I'm searching for based on price point or if I'm specifically looking for, you know, holiday or anything like that, I I'm looking for something specific. I want to relevant things instead of using my data against me. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think like, as business grows and people learn to localize better, they learn to translate better they learn to get online and make shopping experience easier for people. Yeah. Again, I, I'm, I'm the person that should be in my tagline. We, we now pass the threshold of online it used to be a online shopping used to be a luxury. Now it's a necessity. So we've yeah. passed that threshold now. So that's fantastic what you guys are doing to help them, uh, you know, get that awareness out. I, I've, I've definitely took away a bunch of nuggets away today to apply to 
my thought and knowledge on this Good. topic. So, but for for PackView, for you guys specifically, if they want to learn more information or talk with you, we, I know we put the email, your email in the comments yeah. section. Where, how can they get in touch with you besides that? Or how can they learn yeah, more? I mean, you can, you, yeah, no, great. I mean, you can send me a link in um, LinkedIn or send me a note on LinkedIn. I'm happy to send more information uh, if you want to look at what we're doing in the e-com space. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So everyone, yeah. again, in the show notes below, if you're listening to this, go ahead and check out. We'll make sure we have the link to Debbie's LinkedIn profile yeah. as well. And then uh, her email address will also be on our social media profiles as well. So make sure you check those out again below um, to get in touch with Debbie. Again, thank you so much for sharing your insights and expertise on these platforms. I think we yeah. definitely took away a lot of unique information today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Ryan. This has been great. Anytime. We'd love awesome. to love to chat. Yeah, of course. No, this is great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Again, thank thank you, Debbie, for from Pack for you again. If you this is your first time or your any second time for joining us on Crossover Commerce, this is my show where I bring in lots of friends in the e-commerce and the e-business space, both on Amazon and off Amazon, in order to educate you, the online seller, the online business, to help you grow and take your business to the next level. We talked about a lot about Walmart, Instacart, and uh, even. Uh, target today and we also went back into amazon dsp it's always something that broke, pulls me back in and i love uh, getting people's perspective on that regard so again thank you for tuning in for everyone who watched this live or if you're watching this later on make sure you hit the notification bell on the bottom right hand corner i'm going to say it's right over here if you're watching this uh, to be notified of future episodes of crossover commerce because guys guess what i go live four to five times per week in order to give you different insights and uh, talks on the Amazon and e-commerce space. So you don't want to miss an episode. And if you do make sure you watch it later on or let us know what you, uh, think, or if you have a specific person in mind, you want to know more about, go ahead and just reach out to us. Either follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those different platforms, even clubhouse. You can follow me. We more than we want people to be understanding it and aware of education in the right way. So that lets the goal of the show and all the options that are available to them. So you can get better as a business moving forward. Uh, if you don't know more information about, again, this is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Uh, if you want more information about them, go ahead and click the link below. It We help international sellers save, uh, when they send or receive international payments on multiple marketplace platforms. So if you're selling online in multiple different platforms, you want to check us out, make sure that you're saving money and put that towards your bottom line as well. You can sign up for free in that link below. Go ahead and check that out in the show notes as well. But for Crossover Commerce and for Debbie Levin, uh, PackView, I'm Ryan Kramer, the host of this show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Crossover Commerce. Take care, everyone.